tingling. I just got back into town. Yeah, that's true. You know, let's start with that because we never actually start by talking about what we're doing here. Actually, no, because we have we have a guest. So first of all, look, listeners, you're probably thinking, where's the soundboard? Where's the arbitrarily chosen intro music from some show Griffin thought about recently, Uh, including where's Griffin is the follow up logical question to that. And the answer is. It's Griffin's birthday, and for a present, I told him he didn't have to record the podcast and that I would take care of it and get a guest host, which I did. Uh, and it's everybody's. Uh, well, what? Frankly, we have th- two of our three most requested, or two of our four most requested guests are on the show right now. Um, we'll get to that in a second. But our guest host for this week, just back from Dallas, seeing the Texas State Fair, it's everybody's favorite uh, American border cartoonist. Rory Blank. I, I'm definitely not. There's there's so much competition for that title. Yeah, but everyone uh, who listens to this podcast. Oh, mm, no, I, I would still think there's probably at least four other people that got to be higher up there. It's a cartoonist. Everyone has ambiguous no, positive feelings about it. You're the best. You f- okay, no, I'll take the man. Right I'll, I'll the say ass. I'm the best. I'm just not going to say I'm I'm the most requested or most popular. Well, I know I know for a fact that Definitely the two of the you are amongst the, the four most requested people on the show to come back. Uh, you two, along with Luigi Primo and uh, Jared Bauer, are the Great people. Company. Why didn't you get Jared Bauer back? Where's Jared Bauer? Jared it's hard Bauer. to coordinate with Jared Bauer when he lives in Finland. <laughs> Bring back Jared Bauer. It's very funny that he like did his weird semi alt right turn, went to Finland, and now is like, we should have a lot more taxes in America because it's great here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> um, oh man. But oh, that that actually leads also directly into my two highlights from the state fair. All right. Well, we'll get to those momentarily because instead of doing the normal Game Boys thing where the where the host and I dick around and don't introduce our guests, make them sit and do nothing, I'm too excited about our dynamic to just do that shit. So I'll also introduce our guest, who is not the guest host, but the official guest. The difference being they introduce thirty seconds later. It's everyone's favorite Canadian cartoonist, Alex. Yeah. Uh, can you bleep out my last name? I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep my last name out of the out of the Sorry, mix. Sorry, Alex. House. House. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It it's my it's my it's my friend Alex. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to make it it's easy to find out, but I want to make it a yeah. little harder. Just a little harder. For yeah, me. Sure. I, I, I did it. I yeah. I listened to the episode where you talked about your, your childhood work. Yes. And then decided, yeah. My childhood work. That's great. It makes it sound <laughs> the, like the I was in wet work. That you did. It makes yeah. it sound like I was a child assassin for like yeah. Pinochet. Because if you yeah. go, if you do if you Google that name, you do hear about a young Canadian boy who killed a bunch of Allende's fucking uh, uh, yeah. assistants. I was doing curb stomping in soccer stadiums, you know, it was a great time for they called me the little menace. You know, I never bothered to learn Spanish, so it didn't, you know, yeah. I, I don't know what it is in Spanish. Not not El, not El Malo Paquito, but The Little Menace. Yeah, The Little Menace, yeah. Um, but yeah, Alex, thank you for coming back. Thanks both of you guys for being here and giving Griffin a break from dealing with me and having to take an hour out of his day to do this. Um, so we love Griffin's it. Griffin's not here the one time that I'm not stapling something or printing something. I think that's for fix something. I think that's for the best. I think that way the bit of you always having an extra thing happening that makes Griffin get mad remains intact. And then I'll be extra mad that there was one time where it was normal. So, Alex, if you have like any kind of mechanical repair work you need to do, 
since I guess I'm Griffin now, that would mean that you are maybe me. So if you have yeah. like, just a hammer. Well, I have all of my child-sized machine guns that I used for assassinations in in Pinochet's Chile. Can we get just the sound of you? When I was a child assassin, yeah. I'll take them apart like one of those uh, antiques process videos where they clean clean each individual part. So they have gun cleaning videos. I bet those are very satisfying. Have you ever watched them? I can confirm they are. The the muscle reflex from when you were a child to be able to take the guns apart while blindfolded, or do you think your hands, because of how big they are... Look, I could could take... A, a gun apart while blindfolded. I could take a gun apart with gauze in my ears. I could take a gun apart with, you know, uh, they're dripping Nickelodeon style goo on me. You know, it's like. Uh, Thank you for using it. the proprietary uh, IP title of that goo. Yeah, well, actually, it was invented in Pinochet's Chile. You know, <laughs> what a lot of people don't know is that it was, you know, it was Chilean scientists who invented the Nickelodeon goo and they bought it in surplus. Because Milton Friedman, you know, struck a deal with them and he bought all the Nickelodeon. And eventually it found its way to, you know, our home. To to Dan Schneider. (laughs) To Dan Dan Schneider's weird pervert house. Absolutely. You know, he's the first guy at the owl statue at Bohemian Grove, Dan Schneider. Yeah, that's that that may in fact be correct. I was just imagining you blindfolded and you take apart a machine gun and put it back together. And somehow it's like a large bronze hog. Yeah, it's it's a penis shaped machine. Yeah. It still works about, though. Yeah, even did, yeah. better. Yeah, even you did, better. You, you, in you fact. disassemble a normal AK and you put it back together, and it's a more effective gun, but it's shaped straight up like a human penis. Yeah, that's that's my that's my one piece power. That's, <laughs> that's, you know, I, that's I your devil fruit penis, power. Penis, no fruit. That's that's my uh, that's my nen ability from Hunter Hunter. <laughs> is you know. I, can reconstruct yeah. things into penis like objects. Yeah. Mine is that uh I always have allergies. <laughs> so that's, that's uh, good. Yeah, it helps. Uh because then I'm, I can never quite see clearly because my eyes are always watering, so everything looks interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. You're like an impressionist. You're like yeah. Monet. Yeah, exactly. If I could learn how to draw, I'd be the next Monet. Yeah. And then they'd have to put me physically, my body in the Louvre and keep me there until I starve to death. Because mm-hmm. like no repeats, baby. Mm-hmm. Um but speaking of masterpieces, art, and the Louvre, Rory, you were just at the Texas State Fair. Big Tex. Uh, yeah. And buddy, I, we got it now. I, I saw Big Tex. Uh, this is just an ongoing thing in my life. This is not particularly funny, but I want people to know that Big Tex is real. Every time I talk to people who don't live in Texas and have never been to Texas, they either don't know what Big Tex is or think it's something from King of the Hill. No, it's it's a real giant statue that will tell you what time it is, like every fifteen minutes. It's big tech. It's got a mouth like the the tree at FAO Schwartz, mm-hmm. like a big rubbery mouth that moves out of sync with what it's saying. And it just I'm seeing the picture of Big Tech. Oh, big he's tex. terrifying looking. He's like a giant sized howdy doody. Yeah. He has that sort of uh ventriloquist dummy face that make and the dead eyed stare. It would be very funny if the kid from Toy Story walked through the Texas State Fair and, like, looked at Big Tex and then, like, yawned and closed his eyes and he came to life. Uh, he's a, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I assume the kid in Toy Story imbues the toys with those powers. Most toys aren't like that. I also saw Butter Big Tex. 
Oh, Pigmenter said God. that was a big text made out of butter. That's amazing. Uh, That's gnarly. A, Wait, when you say he tells you what time it is, we're fucked up. Big text. Big text is sort of he's sort of a fancy lad, isn't he? Big text. He yeah. He's got little that little, little ascot. He's got that smart little. You know, he's a bit Liberace. You know, he's a little Fauntleroy to me. He's for a, sure. Yeah, he's a bit a he's a bit of a diva. Big um, text. Uh, wait, when you say he tells you what time it is, does text. he say like, does his mouth open? And he's like, it's six fifteen. Yeah. Oh, he, he's waving very slowly, and then every now and again he'll say, "Howdy, folks! It's six <laughs> thirty. At seven fifteen, we'll have the parade of lights. <laughs> Remember to clean up after yourself." Damn. The giant man presides over the festival. The giant yeah. man will yeah. guide us. Did they put it? Did they put a like a police officer investigating Texas into the big Tex and light him on fire at the end of the? I drew that. I drew that as a comic strip a year ago. You you did. You already and did. Pe- Wicker and man people thought text. I was making a joke about King of the Hill because again, people think that's just a thing from King of the Hill. It's fucking real. I've touched it. What does it feel like? Giant denim. Cool. <laughs> Big cool. He's, wear, he's wearing giant, real giant denim pants. That's For a in- certain type of person, Big Tex is like the Kaaba. You know, it's just yeah. something. <laughs> you got to go. By a certain kind of person, you mean yeah. me. I have to go every year. I have to see Big Tex. Right you go on your Hajj to Big Tex every yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. Rory, Rory prays five times a day, always towards Big Tex. <laughs> Um, no matter where he is, north, south, east, west. Uh, what are the five uh, pillars of t- <laughs> butter? butter uh, yeah, hot sauce. Um, wrangling the phrase. The phrase trucks. on a varmints. Stick. I've I don't I've lost count now. There uh, you go. Fried. It's, it's probably like a thing like the Texas Constitution where there are straight up missing amendments because they lost count. <laughs> and that's that's real also there's like i think i just like let's say for instance there's like no uh 77th amendment i mean i'm sure there's a 77th amendment but like the texas uh state senate just fucking forgot what number they were on like three or four times in the construction of the texas constitution and th- that's a good that that's kind of a good like Obviously, like the framers of the American Constitution were like, you know, slave guys and they were like rude and they had a bad dude. We all agree on this. But I think it was smart of them to keep it tight, to keep it like a tight, you know, 10 and then later, you know, 14, whatever amendments. Um, Because like that way they keep track of it. That many amendments for like I, I. What do we what do we got here? What do we well, got? Also, it's Texas. strange that there's that many amendments because they don't usually associate Texas with the rules. You know, it, it's yeah. strange that there's that much deliberation oh, well, over how much you should deregulate. There have been <laughs> over 500 successful amendments to the Constitution of Texas. That kind of feels versus right to me, like 20 something. How many? Amendments? I think we're like 22, 23. Yeah. Um, I think that feels right to me, though, because Texas, Alex, this is the thing you, you'd learn if you uh, if you were to live in Texas for some reason, uh, is that uh, it doesn't seem like literally any two people who work in Texas politics have ever had the same idea of what Texas is. Um, and so it kind of makes sense. There would be 500 amendments where people were just like, no, we need a rule to make sure you can always shoot a cow. And then someone else is like, no, yeah. we need a rule to make sure you can never shoot a cow. And then they could both it, get in there. It, that is that is very much how like the state legislature works. I uh, was a like a file clerk or something. I can't, I don't want to describe like the actual minutiae of what I, I did, but I, for like a killing kids in Chile, we know for a, a, a single term, I worked somewhere in the Texas legislative 
uh, body running documents for people. And so I got to see like all the pending resolutions that they were working on. And like 90% of them were like a two page resolution about like what the official mixed drink of the Texas legislature was. Or like, whereas the best way to drink Texas made vodka is with Ruby red grapefruit from the hill country. Do we have an answer on what that drink is? Is it vodka and Ruby red? It, it, it's it's a it's a greyhound, but with more Texas pandering. Ah, okay. Like you just add it's Tito's vodka and ruby red grapefruits from the hill country. <laughs> That's a, I like that mixed drink of just it. You say it in a Texas. Well, this is a screwdriver. It's orange <laughs> juice and vodka, but we're saying it like this. It's a Texas screwdriver. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all um, ultimately... <laughs> Have you form. ever had a Texas gin and tonic? It's gin and tonic. <laughs> yeah. In Texas. In Texas. That, that, is, that is the essential truth of being in Texas, is being somebody from some or from somewhere else, let's say New York or California, who moves to Texas and is now constantly trying to perform being a Texan. You live in like a ranch house like 20 miles outside of one of the three major cities and you drive like a big Ford F-150 and you tell people, I live out in the countryside on a yeah. ranch. But people do that I'm everywhere. I'm a cowboy. You know, people do that in New York too. They go to New York. I want to become a New York person. And then yeah. they're a New York person. You know, yeah. I, I, that's why it's uh, us, uh, us brave people who live in the cities in between, you know, Toronto, Chicago, you know, all these brave cities. You know, who are choosing to live the lives of these, uh, you know, uh, n- n- northern fat guys, you know, that that we yeah. have. Over well, here. I mean, I, I also this is what to... we aspire to. You know, we aspire to Drake and nothing more than Drake in Toronto. <laughs> uh, I also went to New York yesterday, as you can see here. There's it's a, a beautiful facsimile of New York. Yeah, it oh, is. No, that's, the, that's um, the authentic New York skyline. Alex. Yeah, this is I, the you maybe haven't New been York for a skyline. while. That's what it looks like now. Uh, dear listeners, I am holding up a picture of a fun house, which is a recurring feature of the Texas State Fair. That is the New York, New York fun house house there's a big sign that says broadway that's because there are a bunch of crazy yankees up there there are uh it plays <laughs> it's a uh, fun house that one song the the new york new york song every time you you go inside of it <laughs> is it like a motion activated frank sinatra song yeah that probably sounds just on a loop that sounds like absolutely the worst thing i could have like and then you that just seems go like something that like, would be banned by walk the on a little wheel I like the idea that all these uh, hipsters moving into Texas gentrify the New York, New York uh, <laughs> exhibit. And they yeah, someone opens, like Gion, someone opens a Gian. Someone opens a Gian famous food next to the wheel. Yeah, uh, they, they, someone opens an elevated chicken and waffles restaurant. <laughs> yeah, there's Grimaldi's three. Story <laughs> on the back. This is what yeah, New York we, is like. Vice I mean, magazine opens up a headquarters there. Yeah. Gavin McInnes get, still gets a cut. I don't, I don't know what his really deal is on argument. Oh, Gavin McInnes? His deal right now is just trying <laughs> to not get sued. Flip, switch flipped instantly. Yeah, well, I have a I have a long-standing obsession with Gavin McInnes because he's a really weird guy. And he's uh, strangely important in the cultural dialogue, what with found in the Proud Boys and everything. Yeah, it, and also like inventing the modern conception of hipsters to yeah. some degree. And, be, and yeah, also, that whole vice aesthetic 
in general. Yeah, he he brought to he brought to the world the idea that someone could re- ride a skateboard and read a book and be the same guy. He brought the idea that you could be a straight guy but also be a huge bitch like a gay guy. And that was his <laughs> yeah. revolution. Yeah, fair. And fashion. I'm a fashion man, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and be rude about it. Yeah, be mean. Yeah. Um, got, any other any other fair highlights, Rory? While we're going uh, through, well, the biggest highlight is I saw a strong man, and I got to feel ostracized from the community at large around me for a moment. Because you know, I spent this whole day thinking like, "Oh, cool! I'm at the Texas State Fair. I'm Texan. I'm a normal Texas person. I'm here with all of my people." And I went to see the strongman guy, and he kept making jokes about how he was from Canada and talking about how he was he was in from Toronto. And then he was he was a comedy strongman, and like two thirds of the way through his routine, he mentioned like he was doing this because he'd gotten his undergraduate degree in political science because you know he thought he could be the next Noam Chomsky, but it turns out you can't just apply to be Noam Chomsky. Nobody can just have the job of being Noam Chomsky. And I went, yeah! And he said, all right. One person laughed at the Noam Chomsky joke. And I said, yeah, again. And he said, all right, that joke was just for that one communist in the back of the room. And nobody else laughed. And everybody started staring at me. Nobody. <laughs> and then, then, not a lot of not a lot of big Texan communists out there. No, well, up. and then doubling down on it at the end of his set, um, he said, all right, I don't want to spend too much time getting political i know this alienates a lot of people but like i said i'm from canada and you know uh it's a lot easier to practice learning how to juggle uh mount sledgehammers when you have free health care oh two oh, people clapped there was yeah, like a hundred people there and like three people clapped. <laughs> one a, of them was me that's people brave were just staring at me that's a, I'm I am a Canadian strong man and I'm going to do my scolding material. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to see go, if I'm my Noam Chomsky jokes will <laughs> my Noam Chomsky jokes are going to kill at the Texas he's, State Fair. Oh, he's sitting there with his folder of like <laughs> of his bits and he's like, "All right, Texas State Fair, do I bring Chomsky out?" Yeah, I've workshopped all this material. Maybe I will make reference to his famous debate with Foucault. People will understand this. As everyone understands in Toronto, where we're making philosopher jokes all the time. Do I do S grammar or do I do Chomsky Foucault or do I do manufactured consent? One of these is going to land for sure. (laughs) It's kind of humiliating for the Texas State Fair that they had to import a strongman from Toronto, isn't it? Isn't that like that feels like so. I don't know that there are that many other strongmen. I feel like if it's there's anywhere you'd find one, it would be anymore. Texas, though, right? Yeah, well, we have uh, the, the Canadian Strongman University up here, you know. Oh, okay. See, Actually, CSMU. you know, that's not that. I bet our wrestling schools per capita are probably higher than in America. I think we probably have more wrestling schools uh, uh, especially, for our Especially population. in, like, Toronto and Calgary and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, that's, like, greatly respected wrestling territory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't have, I don't have a funny joke there that's just... It, True, true thing. There's a lot of very well-respected professional wrestlers from Canada. Even some from Winnipeg. Yeah. Hey, um, it's wonderful, wonderful, uh, what's his face? Kenny Omega. He's, yeah. uh, have you ever seen the Guy Madden short movie with Kenny Omega in it? No, but no. I know about it. Is that the pillow? F- or Sissy Boy movie? Slap Fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's a homoerotic Guy Madden movie with, uh, and Kenny Omega is briefly in it. Cool. Yeah, adding it um, to my to-do list. 
Yeah, no, I, I think Texas doesn't quite have strong men, though, because the, the role that would be filled by that role is instead filled by like guys with names like Buck Medley who like have <laughs> hair down to here that's bleach blonde and their main thing is that they like jump into lakes and catch alligators with their hands and try that's to have sex with them. Oh, wait, I, I shouldn't have said that guy's name that's an actual guy he does not wow. have sex without described one guy except he i don't think he fucks alligators you shouldn't legally. say this libelous bestiality and it's not libel it's slanderous bestiality frankly, hey, buck medley's a real guy frankly if you had just not said that he was a real guy everyone who listens to this would have just assumed you made up buck medley like no no i need people i need people to know who buck medley is i want people to just that, that guy, oh, that's an amazing person. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, is no, a want, guy in a I'm half. looking at. He has very blonde hair. Uh, very it, dark facial to, hair. Is he? What, what's it, he looks like Dog the Bounty Hunter, but like a, a, a few character creation sliders <laughs> off. Like bring it, bring, oh, bring it back man. up for me for a sec. Uh, I, I want you both to do me a favor and just go to YouTube and type in Buck Medley Katana Fishing. Buck Medley oh, Katana shown, I, Okay, that's Buck why Medley I recognize this guy. You've, you've shown this video. Um, while we're doing yeah, this that's, quick... That's we're doing why this, we don't have... We're doing this quick uh, YouTube search. Uh, I think we've broken the record, but let me say it anyway. Welcome to the Game Boys podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you're listening to. I'm Lux. I'm your host. Griffin's not here, but my co-host is Rory Blank. And my, our guest, as we mentioned earlier, is Alex, last name withheld. Hell yeah, that's me. Um, but yeah, welcome to the show. It's a show about video games. Ostensibly, right now we're Googling Buck Medley Katana Alligators. <laughs> or katana katana fishing. fishing with Buck Medley. Yeah, this is why we don't have... Nobody has the will to put on a little striped singlet. Um, that's just not the Texas way. You gotta stand in a lake hunting a fish with an, a sword. So, I want to describe this guy. He's got bleach blonde, long hair... A very dark beard. Very uh, dark. He's pretty. He's pretty tan, and uh, he's got a shirt on. He's got a tight black shirt on called Monster Masters. He's in shape, but he's got he's got a little you know he's got a little dad bod going on, which is cool. Just makes him more relatable and and uh, wonderful. He's got tactical gloves on, which is he's got big old tactical gloves on. Uh, he has got uh, very tight black jeans on. Which he is using for fishing. Uh, he believes to, uh, he is a gun holstered on his side as well because, you know. Yeah, he's you standing in the water and he has a gun just in case. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of boots is he wearing? I can't see anymore because now on my clip he's in, in the water. Yeah, he's in the water and he's actually doing it. He is fishing with a katana. Yeah, he's holding a katana in two, in two hands. In what a, well, in, I don't know about katana use, but from movies that I've seen, holding it wrong. <laughs> Um, if you know because he's holding it so he's holding it like so like a spear or something like he's not this isn't a it's a chopping weapon not a scooping weapon he's using it like a shovel he's trying to thrust I am the technique is to thrust through a fish to stab like one would with a knife but what it looks like to me is this is just like a plant like there was a dead fish at the bottom of this uh of this river and he, he planted it there and just stabbed the katana through it. If I were to much, guess what he did, yeah, like much, much oh, like that, the that, that fish is struggling. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe, much maybe like he, a, he's America's legitimate. fishing champ. 
much like Mary's Fishing Champions, he put weights in the in the fish. Yes, I saw that. The, the, the controversy in the fishing community. That was that's what led me on to this idea of, of fake I believe fishing. Both, I believe both Rory and I messaged our mutual friend who loves fishing. Yeah. Uh, about this. And we're told that uh, it's, this it's is a like pretty problem. normal thing. This is a norm- yeah, this happens yeah. pretty often. And it's a big problem with fishing competitions is that people are always dropping rocks in their fish and whatnot. That's why it shouldn't be judged by weight. It should be judged by aesthetics. Yeah. And which like is attitude. the prettiest fish, you know, which is what's the coolest catch. You should have to catch the fish and then teach it one talent show skill. Yeah. Um. I think that's a good that's a good set of rules for for fishing. Uh, well, we've gotten Rory's general update. And before we go to an ad, Alex, how are you doing non video game wise? Uh, non video game wise, I'm good. Just doing the cartoons or on a slight vacation, which means I'm just doing one cartoon a day because, you know, that's part of the brand is I'm, I'm, G- I'm Jimmy Hustle, Johnny Hustle doing so many cartoons. It is. I got so many cartoons. You won't believe it. It is so funny that like you and Steven were like, we're going on break and we're limiting our put output. And like two days later, you're like, well, we're limiting a little bit less than we said we were. And then you're just like putting stuff out, like not as much, but still putting out a decent amount of stuff pretty regularly. Y'all are just constantly grinding. Uh, well, we've uh, built up a, a lot of these free comics, a Patreon comics that we're just releasing now, which you should go to, by the way, in order in order to get Nuka. I'm plugging myself now before the no, I mean, I, can confirm uh, the comics are great. The Patreon is great. Both of y'all's Patreons are great. Uh, if you're listening, you should subscribe to both of them. I do it. Uh, and I love it. Hell yeah. That's a call to action right there. That's what they yeah. do. That's We're trying to be media assholes. That's also yeah. the theme of our show is that, you know, we foregone any any pretense. And now we're just trying to do whatever it takes to get popular. We're going to we're going to be a try guys like thing now. Steve, right. I'm, I'm coaching Stephen to become more of a wife guy, more right, of like, so that eventually he can he can t- divorce his wife and leave <laughs> yeah, his yeah, wonderful yeah. daughter behind. Absolutely, uh, that's, that's, be, I think Stephen would be good as a as an in, as like a cheating husband. Uh, I think that's like a, no, I think he'd do no, a great job. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think he should do it. I just think he'd be like I think he'd be good at it. Oh, you think he could play it off if it I happened? Think just, I just think he has the vibe. Like if it happened, he'd be like, no. <laughs> I don't. What are you saying? What are you trying to say, Lux? Just what are you saying? Like, what are you saying about? It? Are you calling? Are you calling my my friend adulteress? Are you calling Stephen no, adulteress? No, no, no. Stephen would never do that. He's a kind man. I just think that if Stephen were adulteress, everyone would be like, "All right, oh. okay." People would. <laughs> what does that mean? Is that you, if people would just accept it? He's he's not outwardly yeah. moralistic. In such a way that would conflict with people's assumptions. I think what Lux is trying to say is if he were to do it, he would be the Michael Jordan of adultery. (laughs) People might not be happy about that he's doing it, but they would respect how good he is. Okay. Wait, okay. So speaking of that, actually, I saw a very funny interview with Shaq in the wake of Ime Udoka, Celtics head coach, getting in trouble for doing adultery. Um, it's been a big couple of weeks for adultery in the news. Oh, my God. People love doing adultery. Herschel Walker. Amazing. Yeah. But there's an interview with Shaq, and they were like, what do you think about what Ime Doka did? And he's like, look, I'll be honest. I cheated on my wife. She knows. Like, it, I, I lost everything because of it. But, uh, and, you know, I was doing it all the time. I was the best at it. 
<laughs> it was just, it was just like, well, that doesn't seem like the right thing to say. And that's good. Really what if you got caught and it caused problems in your well, life? To be you fair, were good at doing adultery. It would be fine. He's got the like winner spirit. The winner spirit. It, I think there's two. Rory, multiple people have said this to me when I've told them the story, and there's two things I think about that. One is maybe he did a lot of adultery before he got caught, and he's the best at it because he had like an insane run. And two <laughs> is I think Shaq doing adultery is like profoundly high degree of difficulty for adultery in the sense that like you if Shaq is anywhere. Yeah. If Shaq is anywhere that he's not supposed to be, it's insanely like you like it's like why if, if like if Shaq's at your house, there's like no reason he's there if he's not fucking your wife. Like there's not like he's a huge man. He can't hide in the closet. He's the size of a house. You, you think like, because it's harder to sneak around the adultery, which is premised on sneaking around a lot. It's harder to do as a large man. It's both yeah. harder as a large man and impossible to play off if you're Shaq. Yes. Like the, you uh, one of the most recognizable people in the world. Yeah. What you're also like, suggesting is that Shaq is the solid snake of committing adultery. Yeah, exactly. Like, for instance, if to go back to Steven, Steven were caught committing adultery, he could just say, I'm a plumber or something. And people would be like, yeah, all right. But Shaq can't do that. There's no way out for Shaq. Shaq's, Shaq is Shaq in like screamingly obvious phenomenological way. That's why he should flood the market with a series of Shaq clones. So he could be like, it wasn't me. It was one of my Shaquille O'Neal clones. You know? That's a good idea. If, you, if you're going to be an adulterer, I think Alex is right. Yeah. Get into clones. Yeah. It's just that was that's like Final Fantasy seven. You know, you make the Sephiroth clones so that when Sephiroth does the adultery, you know, he could just play it off, you know, and then they get together. They do reunion. They they go to Genova, you know, the most overbearing mother of all time. Genova. <laughs> True. Um, all right. So well, now we're talking about video here. games for a when second. Solid Snake was engineered to be the best at adultery. <laughs> they took all of the the genetic code from the best adulterers in the world, and they made a guy right, who's yeah. perfectly good at sneaking out for, away from his wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, what's that? Bo- hey, hey, honey, why is there that box in our room? Right, yeah. Oh, you know, we or it's a- Amazon. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then in the dead of night, just bloop 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 bloop. Yeah. So oh, was that over there? All, all of the all of the army wives <laughs> have. <laughs> He's going, in. Yeah. you know, it makes sense. That's the military, uh, the military theme. That's the fallout from our, our nuclear armament. Yeah. You know, no, all these army a, it's wives. what Kojima would want. Yeah. A bunch of a bunch of military wives bearing long haired, one eyed babies. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, if the, you know, if he has one eye, his kids are going to have one eye. It's genetics. Um, are there right, any well, Metal Gear Solid characters that steal valor? Uh. I think all of them. Otakon, Otakon steals Valor. Kinda, yeah. It depends, like, you know, I think in a technical sense, no, but in a literal sense, absolutely. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, Otakon's, like, technically involved, but it's also like, alright, man, but, like, you were just kind of on the laptop. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, big, big spoilers, isn't, like, that the big twist at the end of Metal Gear Solid Five that you're actually a guy who's stealing the Valor being Big Boss? Uh, Yeah, but you also do a lot of stuff, so it doesn't mm-hmm. feel quite as uh fraught in that way because like you do like you do the whole operation ahab stuff and all that like that does happen you know um all right when when people steal my cartoons and make memes that's stealing cartoon valor sorry i keep interrupting here no yeah i keep trying to push to the ad and alex (laughs) keeps coming in at the exact wrong moment but uh we're talking about video games to the degree that we do that so let's quickly do an ad uh thanks everyone 
And now back to the show, folks. Um, welcome back. That was our ad, and then another one. Um, you want to do it a third time? <laughs> we could. You guys want to do another one? Yeah, try again? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll right, take... We're using all three of them. Third ad. Uh, that's uh, layered that's... on top of each other. That's all layered yeah, on top of each other. The, the that I gotta say is a, the show. That's yeah. at Haley's discretion, but we can give her the tools and make oh. it harder for her. Not to, <laughs> we can make it harder for her not to do that by making most of the podcast us trying to do this ad again. <laughs> oh. All right. <clears throat> I don't want to do it again. All right. Then let's not. Uh, let's I talk about say, video speaking, games. Speaking of what yeah, we were just talking talk about, about really quickly, games. Rory, my favorite post from your trip was the post where you were on the escalator thing in New York, New York, and just captioned it, this is where podcasts come from. <laughs> that one really that one really struck me to my core. It really shook me. Um, but yeah, let's talk about video games. We've all been playing them. Uh, we know what they are. Uh, they're games. You put them on the television or computer. Sometimes your phone if you're a freak. Um we love them. They're happening. Alex, you want to talk about Atlas games. We love to talk about Atlas games on this show, historically. Absolutely. What you got? What's going on? Well, uh, after uh, for some reason, I never played it before, uh, but I've heard only good things. I picked up Persona 5 recently. I haven't gotten very far in it because uh, adult life has gotten in the way. But I was immediately impressed with its presentation and the horrific darkness of its story. The instant turn into depravity. It takes, you know, your first year. I I don't want to spoil anything. Well, we've but done full episodes about the show, so spoiler away. Yeah, it's the first level. The the first level is your pedophile gym teacher. You have to fuck up your pedophile. Enter his mind and fuck him up so that he confesses. And you know, you do this to all these sinful people. But uh, yeah. what, what's different about it is like um, the characters are really well drawn. I'm a big fan of Shin Megami Tensei four when I, pl- I played that uh, a lot sure. recently. But, you know, the, the character the dialogue one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, five. I should say five is okay, the one that five, I played. The, is the five, most, the, the, the demon one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and that's good. But the characters in those games are it's very stilted and formal with Persona. There's actually like a lot more. Like I, I, these characters are more believable. I, I maybe because it's structured like an anime, it feels like it's a, uh, it's like meant to. It's a, it's a light novel, right? It's yeah, supposed it to is. mimic that it's, it's attitude. Close to or, and so it's just like, it definitely, it's definitely drawing on Otome stuff. Like I mean, the way the amount of sort of unrelated shit you can just go do. Like the fact that there's like a sort of micro quest line of like learning how to eat the hamburger <laughs> is like it's very it's very light novel dating sim in that way for sure. Mm-hmm. But something about the investment and the atmosphere of those little decisions, it, it gives the game a, a depth and a weight that where Shin Megami Tensei is very floaty because it's you're a god and you're doing these mythological quests and everything is very you know, high minded and up in the air. But this is very much about, you know, you as a character. Uh, yeah, I, the the only SMT game that I think compares with Persona 5 is uh, is Nocturne, the third one, because Nocturne is really grounded in its weird world. It's weird, nasty world where there's like puppets and, and freaks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and that works pretty well. But but Persona 5 is like pretty transcendent in just like go to the noodle shop and meet the guy who works there. There's a weird Bernie Sanders man who stands by the train and gives speeches about equality. Talk to him if you want to. Mm-hmm. You got a friend named Mishima. He's sad. I bet something's wrong with him that you'll figure out later. Like 
there's it's it has just so much depth in every every interaction for sure. I I really love that game. I've been meaning to to read to play Royal, which I never actually got around to. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you say, adult life gets in the way, as does the fact that there's so many other video games in the world, mm-hmm. um, which aren't expansions on games I've already played. Well, um, what I wanted to call attention to is another game that was uh, Atlas distributed. I don't I don't know if they manufactured it. It was yeah, it was developed by Nautilus, which I don't know if they exist anymore. Yeah, they don't exist anymore. They they <laughs> <laughs> they pieced out after this game series. But have you ever are you familiar with the Shadow Hearts game series? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Those uh, are some wild ones. Yeah, they are very very wild games and uh they hit all of my buttons. Uh, especially one called Shadow Hearts Covenant, which was the third in the series. The first was Kudelka which was this great, uh, really like deep JRPG, uh, but it was really slow and it's very flawed. And, you know, it, it has, you know, a lot of uh, things that hampered the PlayStation uh, are apparent in the game. Uh, graphically, it's very dated and uh, not in like a fun, you know, polygon way. You know, it, it actually gets in the way of your enjoyment of the game. Then uh, in the PlayStation 2 era, it gets to Shadow Hearts, which is uh, pretty good. It's okay, But what it introduces is this system called the Judgment Ring, where it uh, you have to do this arcade game like uh, thing every time you attack where a wheel spins and you have there's little sections of the wheel that you have to hit in rhythm time. So it's a little rhythm game you play, which is. You know, I always they're trying to spice up turn based RPG combat always. Right. Because just straight turn based RPG combat, you can't really get away with anymore. There has to be some twist or gloss on it. You gotta have the you got to have some version of the ATB bar. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, whether it be like the weaknesses system in Persona 5 or, you know, the, the bartering uh, or the same thing in SMT. You know, there has to be something other than just. I attack, you know, one to one like those early Final Fantasy games. Yeah, um, for sure. So oh, yeah, uh, no, hates turn based combat. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have just completely spaced out the last three minutes. I I've never played any of the games you're talking about. Don't worry about the fact that you spoiled any of it because I've retained nothing. You're not a big JRPG a- fan. The only thing that I've retained in the last like five minutes is there's a pedophile in one of those. Games. There is, there's in a lot of these games. There's, there's a pedophile in a lot of those games. Man. Predatory, predatory uh, character. Rory, there's I think the only turn-based game I've ever heard you say anything other than it's boring about is Yakuza. Yeah, and I actually stopped playing that one because I mean I kind of enjoyed. So uh, yeah, Yakuza uh, Zero. Shin, right? Yeah, no, uh, it's either. In Japan, uh, I'm trying to remember how to say the words. I'm not going to fucking do it. The game that is in in America in English called Yakuza Like a Dragon um, transitioned the series from being a uh, real-time brawler beat-em-up game to being a turn-based combat game because the main character is a a huge nerd, and it, it is the conceit of it is that this is how he conceptualizes fights that are happening around him that he understands the combat that is happening as being like a turn-based thing. And you, you are seeing things from his perspective, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's a pretty entirely insanely clever his, his own piece of game. fantasy world and not, not like how everybody else around is experiencing things. And I stopped playing that game 
because it it still got to the point where it was just wearing me down. I like the story of the game. I like the characters a lot. Um, but at some point in it, it introduces you to like a, a dungeon crawler optional area where like you go into the sewers and you can wander around in the sewers. And I, as somebody who like was kind of just like knuckling down and getting through the turn-based stuff to get on with the story, which I like when I got to the dungeon crawler part, that is just like smoking an entire carton of cigarettes of the shit that I, I, I don't like doing. Well, I, thought, <laughs> I, thought I, you, I thought you meant, I thought you meant it's great. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I mean actually smoking a whole carton of cigarettes in one go is great. That's really cool. Uh, it's a really the, cool the, thing to do. Yeah. That's a, I, I would encourage anybody listening to this to do that right now. Uh, I love turn-based combat because I love I, I play games to relax uh, and I love the predictable, easy rewards of turn-based combat. That's why I like Pokemon, because I like I click the button, the number go up, but sometimes click the button is harder, slightly harder. I have to select different button. And, you know, um, I, I, yeah, yeah, I do. Alex think and I are, are of like mind about this. I think part of my relationship with it is that like a lot of the people I know who like that sort of thing, including my, my girlfriend who has played literally every Pokemon game from start to finish, loves them, loves the Pokemon games, will buy every Pokemon game, even though they're essentially the same game with like some new story stuff. Yeah, like, but Pokemon they're different. Not... They're different guys. You can get different guys yeah, every yeah, time. That's, yeah, she loves that. I'm happy for her. But like I didn't have a Game Boy growing up. So like I have no nostalgia for that. Yeah, you have. Uh, so, like, you weren't Final no... Fantasy pilled early. You don't. You don't like. Uh, you know, big melodramatic stories about having to I... kill a deity. Hey, that's what the Dark Souls games are. It's true. That's true. They have but RPG they elements, but they're yeah, not turn-based. Yeah, um, I like. I like pen and paper role playing games. I'll do turn based combat in like an actual pen and paper role playing game with other people in the room all day. But that the difference there is like in a like pen and paper RPG with your friends, you can decide rather than doing one of the three pre predetermined attacks that you have, you could decide I'm going to pick up a rock. But but, but in an RPG, it plays a little animation. There's a little animation you can watch to yeah. know that your attack connected, and, and sometimes and- it's cool. And sometimes some of the people and, and don't fun, like to get you, hit by the rock, and sometimes and, some people you, are okay with getting hit by the rock, and you gotta played, know. You gotta played, know which uh, is which. Have you played Yakuza Like a Dragon, Alex? Uh, I have not played is, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Have you played any of the Yakuza? I know. It's a, it's, I should get into them. I've heard they're wonderful. They're, I, I think that they're lovely, and Yakuza Like a Dragon does, I think, the best job of what you're describing, in that, like, there's dozens and dozens of attacks you can do. There's there's summons and everything has all these extremely intricate slapstick animations. Like you can be a guy who attacks people with a broom. You can use your cell phone to call a giant lobster that falls from the sky on people. Uh, there's just so many different things. They're very funny to watch like the first 20 times. Well, but then you have to do it like 100 times. Well, if, then can I recommend the Shadowheart series to you if you're liking, uh, even if you don't like turn-based combat? So I want to get to Shadowheart's Covenant, which is the one where you fight Rasputin. 
That sounds cool. Yeah, it's uh, the games. What I love about them is I they're historical fantasy games, and this and Covenant takes place during World War One, which is you know it that's that period of time is not often covered. Uh, it always gets outshined by yeah. its prettier sister, World War Two. You know. Because World War One, it's you know, it's, there's no good guys or bad guys. There's in it. no romance a, in World War One. No. It's just a meat grinder that yeah. millions of people were shoved into. But they had Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman did World War One. So there you go. You got Wonder Woman. And there was, yeah. I guess, what was that? There was 1917, and who was that Nolan movie about World War One? Was there a Christopher Nolan? Dun- Dunkirk was World War Two. That right? was World War Two. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that people like because there's like heroes in that one. Yeah. yeah. Again, World War One is just bodies being shoved. Yeah. Let the bodies the hit the floor. <laughs> Let the bodies hit. World the- War One, I, I think, was the last of the wars where there's letters where the soldiers are like. Hey, those guys are cheating. <laughs> I, I think there's letters from like French soldiers who are like these Germans, like these Germans, they keep dressing the same color as the trees and we can't see them. It is dishonorable. <laughs> I think that's like the last of the of the wars where people pretended there were rules to having machine guns. Mm-hmm. It used to be you showed up for war. There were you could go in a line. You couldn't deviate from the line, and people would respect the system. God damn it, you know. Yeah, and it was just sort of like yeah. who ran out of guys and bullets first. Yeah, it was well, much uh, more like a game of risk. I also yeah. really liked Undertale because that was entirely a game about subverting what turn-based RPGs. Yeah, are. I I fucking hate Undertale. <laughs> I hate I hate Undertale. I I can I can understand that. I liked the, I just really liked the fact that like. If you play it like a turn-based RPG, it's not fun. <laughs> no, I, I hate that fucking tut-tut lesson. All the characters are so annoying, they deserve to fucking die. I'm glad I did the genocide. Oh, like you the shouldn't do game. the genocide, I like the games that you get. I, I, I care less about the morality and more about just, like, the mechanics of it. Eh. Eh. Feh. It's... Eh, twee bullshit. It, it's, it's extremely twee. It's obnoxiously twee. It's homestuck shit that I, I think, isn't it? It's is yeah, it, it originated yeah. as like a homestuck thing, which is no, it's fine. never a huge thing for me, which I feel like I'm glad. about. I don't know. I, I, I missed the boat on that. I found out about it like a year into it. And at that point, it's too late to ever yeah, try to understand it. I'm glad I was able to dodge that one. I feel like that's one thing something that could like really driven an aesthetic like turn in, in people's lives. And I'm glad that I was able to avoid that. Mm-hmm. But counterpoint, you know, who likes homestuck drill? Sure. Huh? So just because just because drill huh. is good about some things means good about everything. You know? Homestuck is fine. Undertale is fine. Now, I don't want to denigrate the fans of under. It's a beautiful. The music is great. It's a fully realized world. It's obviously like a like a technical masterpiece and tour de force in a lot of respects. It's just the exact opposite aesthetic of everything I enjoy. <laughs> I can I, I, I very much understand. I'm not debating with you on. because like. By and large, I think I would probably agree. I didn't play Homestuck for a very long time because I also don't really like that sort of thing. I was afraid that I would just be very mad at it, and I'm surprised to this day that I like it, honestly. Uh, what is Homestuck? It's a, I, I read some of it. It's these kids. It's an isekai. They get lost in a game, and then there's a Something bunch of like Zodiac-based that. trolls that have real human relationships. Your guess is as good as mine. I'm I, sure I it's good. I'm sure. I'm sure Could if I be. invested the time into it, I feel like people who want to get people into Homestuck is like me trying to evangelize One Piece to people. 
Yeah. No, because yeah. when you evangelize One Piece, you're objectively right. Well, yeah. I, I, I will guess. tell you exactly why I've never read One Piece. Too long? So yeah. I, read, I, yeah uh, I, I, I don't like reading... I don't like reading uh, comic books on my computer. Yeah, Th- that's it. And there's like a thousand volumes of One Piece, which would mean that I would have to like dedicate an entire wall in my house to just having all of One Piece. So, so my One Piece tale, because that's correct. If somebody will lend me every One Piece book one at a time. If there's you somebody can get them at the Texas library, or- I'm sure. At the Texas they're missing Anime a lot Library, of, they're, they're missing several of them, and <laughs> a lot of the Austin's Texas at- Anime Library. <laughs> Uh, a lot of the, the manga at Austin's public libraries, people have cut pages out of for reasons that are beyond me. <laughs> now that's Texas, baby. Yeah. Um, I, I tried reading Akira once and there's just panels that have been cut out of every volume. <laughs> Hell yeah, that rules. That's kind of sweet. Uh, so my One Piece relationship. Oh, rough. My One Piece relationship is I so many people. For years and years and years, including friends, uh, Ale- friends Alex knows, such as uh, a homie, the homie Keenan Hauser, mm-hmm. uh, the homie uh, Alex Pearl, the homie June Rose, mm-hmm. all of whom at various points have been like, you should watch One Piece. It's. I think June said that anyways, uh, you should watch One Piece. It's it's it, the, the amount that it's your exact shit is sort of immeasurable. There's like no way to describe how like clearly luck stuff this show, this, this anime, the show, this manga mm-hmm. is. And I was like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. And then finally, I was like, it's just like too fucking long. It's too much of it. During the pandemic, I was like, early, early pandemic, I was like, you know what? I had a lot of time right now. I'm going to watch the first 20 episodes. And I bet I won't like it enough to want to watch the other 900 whatever episodes. Watched the first 20 episodes and was like, oh, no, everyone was right. This is the perfect show for me. It's the best show I've ever seen. I love it so much. I'm going to watch every episode. Uh, And here we are. I'm five, 600 episodes in. Well, yeah, because the first 20 episodes contains Buggy, one of the greatest characters you introduce right away. And yeah, uh, Buggy's amazing. And like every story. And it's like it's so Looney Tunes, like it's so Looney Tunes. And Looney surprisingly Tunes that emotional, show. like even right from the start, even like with the dinky ass like syrup village arc, you know, there's still yep. moments in it where it's like, ah, you you're you earn your tears one piece. Yeah, it's a great piece of work uh, well I think on that note we've hit an hour I have a couple things I gotta do before meeting at 6 so I gotta go uh, thank you guys so much for coming on covering this episode with me this was insanely fun <laughs> Hell yeah. uh, I had a fucking blast we try and do this again sometime maybe on, oh. on uh, did I drop out again no, uh, I was going to say I didn't give my game update which oh let's do, let's do your game update really quick just, just real quick let me tell you uh, yesterday at the state fair the uh, Texas Lottery had a giant, uh, <laughs> a giant tent set up where they were selling uh, scratcher tickets, and you could just buy scratch cards there and redeem them there. And I bought three scratch cards, and I wanted enough money to get three more scratch cards, and I wasted an entire fucking hour playing scratch cards at the Texas. Hell yeah, yeah, that Te- rules. Technically, I yeah. won seventy-five bucks. Practically, I won twenty-five bucks. Ah, well, but you won 75. Yeah, I, I left with more money than I, I went in with. There you go. So that is my recommendation for, for the kids listening. Uh, video games, fine. Scratch cards. I'm nodding right now. Mm-hmm. I'm remembering this is an audio medium. 
you can't harkening see, back can't to the, me, the earliest days of the podcast when we covered any game even if it wasn't video before griffin decided video games only is it griffin decided that or that just happened naturally i don't remember i blame griffin for all the changes that i think are dumb um <laughs> uh my video game update really really quick is the trails from zero remaster for ps4 came out it's fucking excellent it is so much more fun to play that game with a real translation and not a fan translation the fan translation had its moments obviously that were incredible such as the great line you look like the kind of guy who might wear glasses um which i hope is an error but maybe it's the real dialogue uh it's great i super recommend it if you like jrpg stuff um like all the trails games super dense super story heavy but i'm not far enough in it to give too much away but i've been enjoying it a lot uh and forrest and i played fucking dio field last night and the dio field chronicles are really fucking good try that out if you want to play a really specific and difficult type of game uh it's like a semi-real-time tactics strategy game on console which is like a very weird type of thing but it actually works pretty well. Um, now that we've caught up on those things, it's time to get out of here before we leave and say goodbye to our friends. And hopefully we get to do this again, maybe uh, on Alex's show. Maybe we just do another episode where Griffin takes a week off and we get back together and talk about video games for 10 minutes and mostly do bad versions of an ad read. Um, Absolutely. That's what your I show should be from now on. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. Maybe I'll have don't, you guys. Don't back. even try to get any new sp- sponsors. And even if anchor drops you just keep doing anchor ads. Yeah. Answer, well, you should be like audible. They'll come to your house and they'll fuck you. Yeah. Audible will fuck. You. They will come audible. It's a big man wearing a, a hood with the audible logo on it. And he's going to come to your house and hold you down and fuck you. And it's fun. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And and you get to listen to one free ebook while it happens. Absolutely. Picture in your mind one of those Tom of Finland cartoons where there's a guy with a shirt that says fucker. You can see a big outline of his hog through his pants. Yeah. He is coming in your window to fuck you, but his head is audible. Yeah. And, you know, he's fucking you, and you're hearing Blood Meridian is narrated by Michael Shannon. What? What? Amazing. What? Wonderful. Incredible. Here the Sandman is read by James McAvoy. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're getting fucked. You're getting absolutely reamed out in the asshole. And you get to hear Dune as read by Sir Patrick Stewart. Fantastic. Fantastic. What could be better? Well, we got more fake ad reads for you. We'll probably do this again sometime. This was too much fun to not bring back in some form or another. This is a fucking blast, dudes. Uh, Before you guys go, though, do your do your plugs. Tell people where to find your shit. Uh, who wants you go first? Uh, sure, I'll go first. Patreon.com slash House of Decline at House of Decline on Twitter. It's spelled H-A-U-S of Decline because we're fun like that. Uh, additionally, you can find us on Instagram under the same name, the website, money, store, f- f- money, give money. Give money. Great, great message. Uh, Rory, hit him with the Always truth. Always money. Uh, I, w- I was going to plug the uh, audiobook of Roadside Picnic by the Strugatsky brothers on Audible. Uh, it is read by Robert Forster. He sounds exactly like my girlfriend's grandpa. It's pretty cool. All right, it, we'll check that it's out. It's really neat. Um, oh. If you are interested in, in me, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, I am on tw- Instagram at Rory Blank. I am on Twitter at Bone Jail because somebody else had the name at Rory Blank and got banned. I don't know who they are. I will never be able to fix <laughs> my search engine optimization. Always because I so never funny to hear. Now that you should, you should go to Alon. Now that Alon has Twitter, you should appeal to him. Say, uh, please get me out of Bone Jail. Jail. Well, now, now I've got a. Now I've got a. Brand- People think that's the name of my webcomic. <laughs> 
People think that that jail. is my brain. Yeah, it's yeah, your, your bone, bone jail. jail. Yeah. Whoa. It's crazy how those I, things. I thought the name of my comic strip was Bad City USA. <laughs> I mean, and we love that. Something that has never been established or discussed before. Um, if you want to give me money, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Rory Blank, where every month I put out a print comic book zine with original stories and artwork that is not what I put online, including stuff that I, I'm that Alex is not a, too much of a coward to do, like nudity. I don't put nudity in my comics that you can see for free because I'm afraid of losing my Instagram account. Alex is a true hero. Oh, yeah, no, Alex they is... fucked with me a lot. <laughs> They're trying to take me down. Yeah, they won't ever take me down. You're standing your ground. Yeah. I refuse to do that. I'm, I'm putting coward. my penis people... in the sand. When it comes to hogs on the internet, Alex see... is a big castle doctrine guy. I think people pay <laughs> to see my drawings of Joe Biden's penis. <laughs> and then, you know that's why you're a businessman i'll say um, this these are two of i think the most fun patreons that i subscribe to for sure obviously biased because also two of my very close buds but their shit's oh, incredible I, I also, so go check them out i also uh do limited run screen printed shirts every month that robots try to steal regularly i'm currently uh, wearing one skeletonwizard.com and if this is going up today there won't be new ones in there if it's going up tomorrow there might be new ones in there it's going up tomorrow at the earliest. Okay, then there will probably be new t-shirts in at skeletonwizard.com or alternately at the other domain name I bought recently, which is www.getjackedoffbythepresident.com. Which <laughs> <laughs> yeah. directs to the exact same website. That fucking rules. All right, well, check all that shit out. Uh, for me, really quickly, I know I don't usually plug shit on the show, but... A new wrestling show dropping October 22nd called Fight Opera. It'll be on Twitch if you want to stream it at twitch.tv slash Fight Opera. In the interim, you can always hang out with me and Forrest on twitch.tv slash Pixel Goblins on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, that'll do it for today. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being on the show. And goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye.